What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm back from the dead. Came back to hang out, tap with my guy Ron for the Buckeye Roast. Hopefully, everybody got their cup this morning. Ah, and we are back. What's going on, Ron? How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Glad to see that you have recovered from these streets. I know it could be tough out there for you, but I'm glad that you made it back. And shout out to our guy, Chris Drew, for filling in because he knows we don't have PTO Ron here at BDMG. You actually have to pay us when you miss an episode. That's how things work around here. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, for some for some odd reason, the only person that catches smoke when they miss an episode is me. Everybody else, they get the well, day it's because off. we know that you're all here in these streets. <laughs> Who misses an episode, and then I check Instagram after the show, and this man's in a section with bottles, shirt unbuttoned down to his belly button, women dripping all over him. It's crazy. Like I'm like, I thought we were trying to start a company. You know, Q's just out here loving the thotties. None of that is true. Some of y'all have my Instagram. If you do not, it's Flying at Johnson. I am a child of the Lord. You'll see me in church or at home studying. That's what I do. I step out. (laughs) I'm I'm buying you because I have to to see friends. Other than that, you know where I'd be. I'd be in here grinding. But yeah, man, I'm excited to be back. You and Chris put on a banger yesterday. Anybody that missed that, go check it out. Chris had big shoes to step into, you know what I'm saying? But he, he did himself well. You know, it's hard to fill these <laughs> shoes, but I'll give him credit. He, he wasn't too bad. But yeah, man, we got a good show today. I'm excited to be back. So we're going to talk about it. Obviously, Ryan Day had his presser yesterday. We're going to jump into that. The AP poll dropped. So we're going to talk about that. Obviously, our, our guy Carnell Tate has been getting a lot of hype. We will dive into that and a couple other things. But yeah, man, so Ron. Ready to jump into it and chat. How y'all doing? Obviously, I see y'all in here early. Yeah, let's get started with what Ryan Day didn't do at his press conference after I announced Kyle McCord as the starting quarterback on the show Sunday because I thought Ryan Day was announcing the starting quarterback at noon yesterday. And what do you know? Someone got popped pissing hot. And that's what the press conference was about. So let's talk about the Bennett Christian situation uh he's gonna be suspended for the entire year for a uh a failed drug test in january for a banned substance so i just want to get your thoughts on that because i that took me back because i had no idea well i did have an idea i thought it was to announce the starting quarterback but clearly he had a reason to bring uh move that press conference up and uh that was a, a shocking announcement yesterday um yeah i mean maybe he moved it up just because you know um obviously he wanted to put some water on the on the quarterback battle i honestly do not think he moved to the press conference for Bennett christian getting suspended that's a, or court williams getting hurt that would just be crazy to me but um i want to can we talk about the suspension for a minute so banned substance whatever that means obviously remember the noah spent situation but banned for a year like what did he use compound v like, like <laughs> January, a year is actually crazy for whatever he used. Because in the NFL, I mean, I'm not a, a big, big NFL person, but I remember PEDs even will get you a few weeks, maybe like what six weeks. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, fucking Ray Lewis was using deer antler spray. Yeah, <laughs> legally, so he can get in trouble. So I don't know, chat. Y'all let me know. Is a year crazy? Because a year is crazy to me to test in January. I can see missing four games. I can see missing six games. Missing a year is just insane. I don't know. They got to look at that rule because unless he, yeah, Chris has it in six weeks. So, and that's in the NFL and they're pros. They, they do this for a living. They're not students. They are less likely to make mistakes. I mean, uh, yeah, in the NFL, they're less likely to make mistakes. So, a year is just insane. I, I don't I don't get it, but I'll, I'll leave it to you, Rod. What do you, do you think? A year is crazy, or is it just me? I think it's crazy. I mean, but at the same time, who knows what he was banned for? Whether they believe it's something that you know, to me, you don't want to speculate. Is it a banned substance like drugs? Is it a banned substance like PEDs? If it's PEDs, maybe they want that completely out of his system, and before he's able to compete again for the safety of other kids but i'm not sure what it could possibly be to warrant one year but if it was peds 
bad. Like, I, mean, I, I appreciate was, the effort. Like, I mean, I someone's guess. trying to win out here. Like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Like, I mean, I, I mean, PEDs, I guess, would be the worst and, and put it on the higher band because that actually puts other players in, in danger, quote unquote. So I guess that would be worse in the NFL. It's not that long. But if it was something like recreational or whatever, that's even worse to miss a year because you just went out party. You don't know what happened. You went out party or something happened. What I don't know. It was just crazy. And there should know. be plausible deniability. Like if they sold it yeah. at GNC, it's legal. Like remember, like back in the day, like when the pre-workout at GNC like had actual meth in it, and they had to like take it off the shelves. I'm like, yeah, you need to regulate GNC better because if they're selling <laughs> this to me, like I should be in the clear. Like they they there are supplement shops selling legal supplements. If they sold it there, I should be fine. Yeah, and also too, the NCAA has a have some level of compassion. Man, Christian look like you're like, do you see who's in my room? I got this freak show, Joe Royer over here. This dude, Jelani Thurman, just came in here who's 6'7", 250, running a 4'4". What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, I'm trying to play. So a little bit of compassion for my guy bowing out in the room, man. You know, he, he's on the juice. It's like, hey, man, look who I got to compete against. But I don't know, man. I think a year suspension is, is crazy. Hopefully the young man obviously keeps his head on straight. He can still practice. He's still with the team and, and just work through it. Hopefully the team supports him, but I, I'm on his side, bro. We got we got to do something with this rule. But, yeah, so that, that was Minute Christian. Next story was Court Williams. He was out for the season, unfortunately, again. want to go ahead and get your thoughts on that in the chat. Let me know what you think about Court Williams and obviously the situation going forward. Blocko candidate. I mean, this guy, since the day that he committed to Ohio State, has been all in on the university, even through all the adversity that he has seen um, with injury. Um, you know what I mean? You still saw him during the offseason at morning workouts, screaming, hyping guys up in a sling. So um, if he's going to be on the sidelines and going to be with the team for the entire year, I feel like he should be a block O candidate. What he's, what his body has given this uh, team and the effort that he's given this university, I feel like he's deserving of wearing that block O and you know what I mean? Well wishes to him. You hope he has a speedy recovery. You hate to see another ACO, another season ending injury for a guy that people had such high hopes for coming into Ohio state. So you hated for a kid like that, who has been so committed to this university, but you know, prayers up to him. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, man, this is, this is, this is the sucky part about college sports. And unfortunately everybody's body doesn't handle it. Things happen or he tore, he tore his ACL for the second time in four years. It, it's just rough, man. Cause I, I just remember, and I don't know if it's us getting old or time just passes fast. I remember Core Williams coming in here with a lot of hype out of California, just got into, I guess he, when he came in early in spring and he was balling. I remember, I remember at fall camp, they were talking about using him. Um, obviously, his freshman season so him just getting hurt and repeatedly getting hurt he did make the move to linebacker which i felt like he should have made a, a few years ago but him just not getting the opportunity to really get out there other than a few times to really show what he can do it's just kind of the unfortunate part about college sports sometimes we've seen it with cam bad we've seen it with some other guys where their bodies just don't hold out um more power to him hopefully he can power through and maybe give his body one more shot at it i wish him nothing but the best and you're right blocko candidate Hopefully the guy, I mean, he's a captain. He, he's been a captain before. I mean, hopefully the guy can get his chance and his body held, held out. After Justin Hilliard, I really don't give up hope after players, you know, getting hurt for a long time. He was hurt for, what, five years and ended up playing six or I don't know, maybe seven. He might have been a doctor by the time he left Ohio State, to be <laughs> honest. But And I think he's still around in the NFL, at least on practice squad. Some I remember he was saying France, so somebody could correct me, but still got a shot in, in the league, so – I would say never give up on it, man. Um, you know, if you're watching the show, Court, hey, we support you, man. Just, just stick it out. Keep fighting through. If that's what you want to do, we fully support it. But, yeah, man, just unfortunate news. But hopefully, hopefully speedy recovery. Absolutely. Something else that Ryan Day talked about from his, uh, in his press conference was the physicality at the scrimmage. And it was something that uh, Chris touched on yesterday when he was on the show, or was it maybe the show on Sunday, Buckeye BS? Um, he talked about the the violence on this defense. How violent this defense will be if Malik Hartford, Sonny Styles, C.J. Hicks, Tommy Heisenberg are out. Mike Hall are out there fucking people up. Like, was that a concern that you had coming into this season? And 
how physical do you think this defense can be with some of the talent and athletes that we have out there this year? Um, honestly, <clears throat> at the line of scrimmage, no. I felt like Ty Leak, Mike Hall, JTT, Jack, those guys on that defensive line that we've talked about so much were really going to bring the heat. I, I felt like it was there. Um, to be honest, with physicality in the secondary, that's where I worried a little bit. Like, who's coming downhill with speed and bad intentions? Sonny Style steps in the lineup. It's like, okay, we got one there. Obviously, Tommy, I don't know if he's stepping down with speed, but he's stepping down with intentions. <laughs> but, yeah, so we know he'll hit um, steel. I wish he would get a little more physical, so that worries me a little bit. I don't exactly think of Steele as playing physical. He's our linebacker. He's be flying around hitting people, so maybe that's where C.J. Hicks can come in because we've already heard about him coming down to laying the wood. But I think at oh, okay. safety is the guys and your boy Malik Hartford. That is where the physicality needs to come from. People aren't exactly, you know, happy to run up the middle against Ohio State, whatever, but nobody's afraid of catching a pass across the middle, and that's where people like Igbenosin, Burke, um, I would guess Jahad Carter, probably a starting position there, Sonny Styles. Those are going to be the guys who are going to have to make it known that you don't come across the middle and catch the ball here. You know, back when I played in my day, that's what I tried to do. I was like, yeah, you catch the ball if you want to, but we both going to pay the price because it's going to hurt when I hit you. So that's what you got to have. I want one of those defenses that has me lying, like when we go to commercial <laughs> break. Like, we just fuck up an offense, and, like, they got a pun, and now it's going to commercial, and, like, I'm pacing around the house like, oh, see that D? Like, that's – that's what I'm looking for, like a, a defense that intimidates people, because like I feel like that's almost lost in modern football. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have the, you know, 2000 Steelers where they're decapitating people every week. Like you don't see that anymore just because it's been regulated out of the game. But I would love to see a physical defense. I mean, you saw it last year with Georgia. You know what I mean? As much as everyone wants to scream targeting their physicality removed our best player from the game. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's legal or not, it's the, it's the facts. You know what I mean? The physicality took Marv out of that game. So I think us having that on the defensive side, I feel like that would be huge for our defense. Yeah, and I mean, targeting or not, I mean, let's say Bullard's hit was a little lower and it wasn't towards the head area and more in the shoulder and lower. I mean, Marv would have still felt that hit. He still would be thinking about, damn, like when I go across the middle, <laughs> these dudes is coming. So just just having that level of violence in the secondary and physical hitters, it definitely plays a big role in your secondary and that intimidation factor. So that's definitely what you want. Um, before we went, the next thing, I just want to see what the chat is over here talking about because they've been live. Y'all y'all must be happy I'm back because y'all was in here early. Yeah, yeah. the chat was oh, booming. Our guy Derek said yes, violence. And I said that needs to be that might be that might be the next BDMG t-shirt. Yeah. Yes, violence, exclamation point. Yeah. Like that's all we yes, we want some uh, violence. I appreciate the welcome backs, everybody. I see my guy Chris Drew in here just cracking up. He's having a great time. Uh <laughs> Oh um, my God, Des said torn tricep and be back a week later. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Lewis, bro. He tore he tore tricep in like week fifteen. It was like I'll be back for the wild card game. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. Uh, my guy Wayne said good morning, crew. Q Friday, you put a question uh, question in the chat. Six picks over under. I think we might get half of those versus Western Kentucky. That would be a great sign there. <laughs> we could because I feel like they're gonna air it out. So, yeah, I'm still going over, man. I got I got some hope on that. Uh, Brian Martin, he said, hey, what's the name of that intro song? Ron, that's your, that's your wheelhouse. No, that's a, that's just an instrumental. Uh, it's a sample of an Adele song from 2008. That's not a that's not a real song. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a real song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is very real. But yeah, that is, that is Adele that's on that's on the vocals. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like Derek said, we need a defense that chooses violence. Most definitely. Glad y'all are in here. We got 37 people in here. Hit those likes. Let's try to get up 37 likes uh, on the video. And we appreciate you. And also somebody that you know, you know that's maybe sleeping or they ain't in here and it's early, share that video. Get them in here. Let's talk some Buckeye football. So, Ron, I'll, I'll, and Chad, this is for you. The next question is not enough separations with the quarterback. So, Ryan Day, like you said, 
did move up his press conference, but he did not announce and back you and say Kyle McCord is a starter. Still talking about guys having separated themselves. So going to open that to you. What is your thoughts on the quarterbacks not being separate, not separating themselves or one of them separating themselves and us having an answer at QB just yet? So I want to dive into the QB battle later in the show, but I just want to use this time to talk about Brian Day's decision not to announce right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it makes you want it. They talked about it yesterday on the podcast with Berm and them. Is Ryan Day gaming us right now? And like, does he know who his quarterback is and he's not telling us? Or is this truly a battle? And I feel like this past press conference did almost little to nothing to give us any clarity. I watched almost every episode of anyone that talks Ohio State football. And it was like watching an appliance commercial because everyone's in a fucking blender right now. Everyone's saying different things. No one has a beat either way. And it's just exciting to watch and know how many other people are going to be wrong with me if Devin Brown is named the starting quarterback because we've been so loud that I have been so loud that it's been Kyle since March. So the fact that with, so each day that like, I feel like I'm academics uh, when Joe Budden was about to get beat up, just looking around nervous. Like, I, I have no idea what to think anymore because I figured by now it would be settled. And like Zach said, we got a problem if we don't have a starter by August 15th. And here we are, August 15th, and they're still splitting reps. So just your thoughts on the lack of decision, I guess, yesterday. Yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more later. So I'll, I'll say most of what I say. But um, a little a little surprise, not crazy surprise. We don't have a decision yet, but a little surprise. But as I've said before, if you watch the show, you'll know the longer this goes on, the longer you know which way I'm leaning. And like I said, if it's that close, you know which way you have to go. So definitely we'll talk about that more later. Um, also, I see Wayne in the chat. He said, I missed a great show Sunday, which I did. I watched it. I don't know how these dudes did two hours long, but appreciate <laughs> that. They did a lot of crazy. Um, I did see the questions that they asked. So at the end of the show, I will answer those questions they asked on Sunday and give my input real quick before we get out of here. So stay tuned for that. Cause I'll have to come up with my lies and my concerns as well. So uh, <laughs> we'll throw that in later in the show, but yeah, man. So the AP poll did drop and we'll go ahead and put that up in the top 25. So Georgia at one, no surprise there. Michigan actually hops us at two. We're at three. <laughs> Bama's at four and LSU is at five. So notably, if you were to go next year, this top 25 is eight. Um, eight Big Ten teams, which is a good look. And obviously, Oregon State is not even going to be in the Power Five next year. They're their 18, which is actually Shout out DJU. Bit, yeah, out DJU. That's a little bit crazy. But five current Big Ten teams. You see Iowa there at 25, Wisconsin there at 19. Uh, who am I missing? Penn State there at seven. There we go. That's what I was missing. So overall, chat, let me know. What's your thoughts? Your thoughts of us being behind Michigan? And I'll let Ron go ahead and answer. Ron, what do you think about the top 25? Um, I think Ohio State's way too low. Um, <laughs> way too low. Entirely too low. We should at least be two <laughs> at minimum. Like, that's fucking disgusting. Uh, I think Penn State's too low. I think <laughs> I started saying back in February that my playoff prediction for this year is Georgia, Ohio State. Michigan, Penn State. Three Big Ten teams. Let's fucking see it this year. I think I think the top four should have been Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I think Bro, Penn you State. You had your chance to lie on Sunday. I don't know why you saved no, that. No, we're still lying. We're still lying. No, but like, no, I'm dead ass right here. I'm not trying to be funny, not trying to troll. I think Penn State deserves to be a top four team in the country right now. Um, I think they have one of the best secondaries. I think they're. Uh, defensive line is going to be ridiculous. Drew Aller, I think he should have been starting last year. Um, I think he's a tremendous talent. Uh, the fact that we let him get out of Ohio may uh, come back to haunt us, especially us still without a quarterback named in Penn State's, you know what I mean, already starting the Drew Aller statue. So it seems like we're a little behind on uh, our next quarterback. But I overall, you love to see the Big Ten with such a huge presence, even with the newcomers, I mean, having five in there and then three of the newcomers, I think it just shows the place that Big Ten football is going to be in the next coming years with the amount of teams that we have. And it seems like it's moving more to 
two divisions than five conferences. Yeah, no, that that's for sure. Looking at the top 25, I mean, I can't really complain about Michigan being ahead of us as much as the, as much as that sucks. They beat us the last two years. Supposedly have this loaded generational team coming back. I don't think they'll beat us this year, but to hold that spot right now, I have no problem with Alabama's Alabama. They're always going to be in there. Would like, I mean, I would like to see Penn State at that fifth spot. I don't think as much hype as LSU has, I don't know if they'll exactly would beat them on a neutral field. I guarantee USC is not beating Penn State on a neutral field right now, especially the way that defense ended last season. Whoever put that up there is actually insane and needs to lose their credentials. I don't know what they're doing. So there, but um, Iowa's in there. We know we, we know what Brian Ferenc has to score a certain number of points not to get fired. So if he's able to score those points with that defense, they definitely. Hey, you got Caleb Brown and a Ohio State wide receiver, so maybe that could take that to that offense to the next level. Yeah, so I don't mind them being there at twenty-five. Always a traditionally good team. Excited about Wisconsin. I think they will finish higher. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to be an eleven through fifteen team by the time the season ends. I think they're going to have a really good season. So excited and obviously looking forward. Adding in USC, adding in Oregon, adding in Washington, who I gave a lot of smoke to. Um, they're, they're all in the top 25. So it just gets me excited about in a year, how strong is this conference going to look? So that definitely gets me excited. I love to see it. Um, don't have too many problems other than maybe moving Penn state up and moving USC down. But other than that, we got our rankings. Let the leave. It's all about rankings and, and TV numbers at the beginning of the season. So, you know, certain teams will be ranked certain ways for certain matchups. So ready to see what the season has and, and, let, and let's get to it. One team on this list that will be unranked at the end of the year. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, if I am looking, the unranked. Ooh, just a little hard. I'm gonna, let me go with a little wild card here. Um, you know what? Give me Tennessee. Give me, t- give me, give me Tennessee. I got some smoke for Tennessee. I think they achieved high highs last season. And that number 12 ranking is kind of rolling off that. We don't know what Joe Milton's going to do yet. I don't think they're going to beat Bama again. Other teams will have smoke for them. So, um, yeah, give me Tennessee. My initial my initial name that I was going to give was Old Miss, but then I remembered they're going to need good wins on Bama's record to push narratives. So <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be ranked. So I'm going to go with, North Carolina. I think they stumble in the ACC. I think Clemson's back. I think um, I think Florida State's going to be a power. I think Miami's going to be better. So I think they could. I think they're going to have some challenges in the ACC. So uh, I think North Carolina, if uh, Drake May doesn't ball out, could slip out of the top twenty-five by the end of the year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Now, I'm I'm interested to see what this SEC race looks like. I mean, we have a lot of teams in here like we always do, but you you eventually know those those losses come plenty, and you don't even have to have a bad team to have four or five losses in the SEC because there's going to be four or five really, really good teams. So I'm interested to see how it shakes out. Um, I think Tennessee will have a, a pretty good season, better than traditional, but I don't think they'll reach the highs of last season. And those losses, they, they do come. So we will see about that. But, yeah, that would be my, that would be my uh, guess. And Chad, let me know. I see um, Sue says, give me Texas A&M. That's a good guess. I don't know what their offense is going to look like or if <clears throat> or if their coach Jimbo is actually going to let them run their offense. So we'll see about that one. That's a solid guess in there. So, yeah. So we'll see about that. But, um, yeah, moving on from the top 25, I want to remind you all, we got 44 people in here. Like this video. Everybody put on their best Doreen impression. Share it on the timeline. Appreciate seeing that every morning. Much, much love for that. And uh, let's keep this show rolling. So yeah, the goal every morning is to hit 30 likes. We had 12. We're almost 50 people in here. Show some love. Drop a like on this video. We appreciate you guys doing this with us every morning because if we was in here by ourselves, I promise you the show would have been four episodes long. So we appreciate <laughs> you guys showing up every morning and spending your mornings with us because we love spending it with you guys. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. So um, I actually, we have well, most people, more people, but I also seen an interesting tweet last night from Chimney Checkwall. He actually said he was at practice. He said the DBs are out there making plays. Now, he said he has proof he can't provide it. So he probably, you know, recorded some at practice and they don't want to let that get out. But I just want to ask the chat and you, Ron, 
does this give you a little more excitement? We've, we've heard the hype coming from these DBs. We've heard they've been playing well, but, you know, the defense always outperforms the offense early in camp. But continuing to hear these rumblings about these DBs, DBs are making plays, starting to hear who's actually going to be playing. Where does this put your excitement level on? I put a one through five scale. How excited are you to actually see these DBs play? Two, because I have not been given confirmation that Igmanosa is going to be starting. I have, no, <laughs> I have no clarity on who I believe our best corner is, is going to where he's going to be playing on the field. So until I see clarity on confirmation of who's playing in the slot, where Iggy is, I'm holding, I like, I hold the right to be be concerned and uh, my re- have my reservations about these DBs. Um, I I mean Denzel Burke. I think he's great in coverage, but I've also stated I don't think I've ever seen a cornerback more indifferent to tackling. Like he looks so disinterested in tackling someone on the field. Like I I need to see someone out there willing to make tackles because I mean we saw the. Uh, we saw the Michigan game that Cam Brown missed tackle, what that turned into. And, like, if we can't defend a, you know what I mean, a, a, a five-yard pass, like, what does that mean? So I, I we hear great things about this secondary, but I have to see who is out on the field because until then, it, it's all it's all lip service. Um, Yeah, man, I would put it at, like, a four. I'm actually pretty excited for the secondary. Now, I – said this and when they did interviews they confirmed it Igbenosa should be playing on the outside he's only been repping at the outside it is a clear and obvious standpoint it's going to be him and Burke on the outside I can almost guarantee it to this point and Jordan Hancock really let people know when we thought he was just playing outside and he said well I'm actually repping at nickel it's not that much different I like and that's what I said I was like you want a shifty slot guy put Jordan Hancock in the slot and let him go because he's supposed to be the fast guy Mr. Burners so put them up against somebody who's shifty, somebody can move, and I love to see it. I think it's going to be them three. I think it's going to be Jihad Carter, Lathan Ransom, and Sonny Styles, obviously. So either Jihad Carter or Jordan Hancock is going to be playing that slot, and that's your secondary right there. You can split those two in, in reps if you want or some a little rotation because we heard Sonny Styles as well when they go 12 personnel. That's going to be your secondary. I can almost guarantee it at this point. That is what it's going to look like. If I'm wrong, I'm on wax. You, you, can, you can chop it up and throw me on the timeline. But I am 90% sure that's what the secondary is going to look like. And I'm excited to see it. Um, obviously, we'll get that Western Kentucky when they come in here and air it out. Or with that home-and-home home against Arkansas State, we go on the road and they really test us. So one of those two, we're going to find out what the secondary is about. But I am actually super excited to see them play because I, I love great secondary play and I'm ready to see it come back. I yeah I, you brought up Arkansas State I wonder if that's something that they're going to ask the um the next athletic director like how much they value the Arkansas State rivalry and what that means to them when scheduling can we get a trophy for that like you know, all these, all these everybody has a trophy rivalry besides us apparently we need we need a trophy rivalry man so we have cool. the wa- we have the Walmart trophy for our home and home with Arkansas State yeah, Walmart, you know, the Jack Walmart out there is doing crazy numbers bro you know Walmart's family like there's like four of them who own a piece of Walmart and they're all in the top 10 richest people. <laughs> Bro, I think like 20 of them are in the top 100 richest people in the world. Like That's what I'm saying. It's like absolutely insane that you, I'm like, why well, all these people got the same name? They're all Walmart. I'm like, bro, like you actually you want to hear a crazy story, right? So I'm on, I'm on vacation. My brother just got married recently in the last, I think my brother got married a year ago, right? So we're on vacation at our lake house in North Carolina and his wife, She's telling me about their family, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, my, my sister married into money. And I was like, I was like, oh, like, who, 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 who does she marry? Like, she's into And she was like, oh, she married into this family from New Orleans. And they, um, and I was like, oh, like, and she's like, yeah, they're in Chick-fil-A. And I was like, oh, so they own like a good portion of Chick-fil-A. And she was like, no, like, they are Chick-fil-A. And I said, Wait, wait, what? I was like, yo, when the next time you go to New Orleans, let me know. I am on the plane ride to, to make some new friends because that was absolutely insane. I was like, bro, her sister-in-law's in the family that is Chick-fil-A. You just imagine how much money they got. 
You meet her dad like Mr. Filet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, what's going on, Mr. Filet? How you doing? I love those sandwiches, man. So, so definitely crazy. But um, yeah, man. I'm excited for the secondary. Let me know in the chat where you're at excitement level and put me on wax. I think that's the secondary. I'm pretty sure most people agree. And, and let's roll from there. So we want to talk about your guy, Carnell Tate. Everybody remember what's good, Mike. I see you in the chat. Remember to like the video and, and let's tap in. So uh, Carnell Tate has gotten a lot of hype. Some say, now legend has it, that he's the best freshman ride receiver since Ryan Day has been here. Ron, pass over to you. What do you think? Yeah, if you, got, if you guys if you guys tuned in the minutes yesterday, Zach said that he got word inside the Woody that Carnell Tate is the best freshman wide receiver in the Ryan Day era. And you just love to hear it because if you go back to that recruitment and how scrutinized that was and how watched it was, Tennessee did not want to give up that recruitment. It felt like Carnell was down at uh down in Knoxville regularly. I mean, at hockey games, baseball games, whatever they could get him into Knoxville for, they had him down there. I mean, you saw what he did. I mean, he, he's the intro to the Bishop Sycamore document documentary. He's throwing up the OH. Like, he went crazy against them. Carnell was an insane prospect, and I feel like just with the level of talent, it just speaks to how ridiculous that wide receiver class was because we still to this day argue about Who's going to be the best ultimate wide receiver in that class? So to hear that we have a guy in there that could that is looking better than Marv and Garrett did as true freshmen, and then there's other guys behind him that we think that are just as talented, it just speaks to the miracles that Brian Hartline is working in that room. Yeah, man. I mean, just the people that we've known to come through here while Ryan Day has been here and just the level of talent. I mean, he fits right in. I thought Carnell Tate especially playing at IMG, and this is my personal opinion. I thought he was going to take a little time to adjust and kind of get used to the game speed, but <clears throat> whatever he was doing, whatever he was working on down there, whatever he's working on in the offseason, obviously summer ball, his got him ready to go, and his mind is focused, and more power to him even now where your mind can be all over the place with the things he's got going on. He, he's focused. He is coming into work. I'm sure football is keeping his mind off things, and this and this kid is really – putting in the work i'm very excited to see what he has coming up this season i'm just i'm like i i haven't really bought an ohio state player i don't think i haven't bought a ohio state player jersey yet i have some ohio state merch but i have never bought a player jersey that he might be the first one i'm gonna have to go grab i mean no disrespect to josh proctor i'll, I'll grab one for him too but cardell tate um does that i'm gonna have to put in my order this week to get a jersey for him because man this dude's putting in work and uh more power to him man just godspeed Absolutely. And I mean, uh, these South Florida Express wide receivers, like what the products that they're producing, uh, I think that just speaks to the level of seven on seven program. That is too, because the kids that they're pumping out are ridiculous and they, and they come in so ready to play. The fact that he's a true freshman, um, early enrollee, but like he's already repping with the ones in one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country and he's already in a loaded class. It's not like he's just competing with Marv and Emeka. He has some of the best freshman wide receivers in the country battling with him every rep. Yeah, exactly. And that and that is too. It's not only that he comes in, he's preparing and ready to go. He's got guys is on his ass too. <laughs> like we want we want that spot just like you, you think about what's coming in next year as well. That, I mean, that wide receiver room is so competitive that you know, you gotta you you could be a really good college receiver and not touch the field or not get your opportunity. So it almost puts you into that mindset of you're never comfortable and you have to be great because it's like as good as Marv was, didn't play as a freshman because he had a Marv in front of him. You know, that like Garrett was Wilson, Chris Olave, guys like that. And you know, Cardinal Tay's got to push it, but he's Marv, he's a Mecca. Um, Julian's holding on to his position. Jaden Ballard's a guy who's gotten a lot of hype and he's waiting to crack his chance. He's been here for two years, so. Just that level of you have to get better or you're out of here is kind of just the way you would want your room. So more credit to Brian Harlan, what he's done, but more credit to Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, Brandon Ennis, and Bryson Rogers, who doesn't get a lot of hype. But I'm telling you, that kid, he we talked to him. He's got something, man. So 
those guys all all in all are coming in and working hard and just I'm excited to see what they do this season. And obviously I'm excited to see. I always project out and I'm like, man, in two years when these guys are juniors and then you have the Jeremiah Smith, Jeremiah McClellan, Mylon Graham class come in. Like, what is that wide receiver room going to look like? I said on Sunday's episode, I will continue to say it. The 2023 wide receiver class will win a national championship at Ohio State. They will leave with a ring on their finger. They're just too talented. There's there's absolutely no way with that much talent and skill position, you can't find a way to win a national championship with Ryan Day calling the plays. Or well, Ryan Day doesn't call the plays anymore. So who knows? Maybe not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> So uh, our guy Mike's in the chat, and it made me think of uh, an old episode of Buckeye BS. Mike does the show with us, Mike and Cam, every Sunday at 10. We do Buckeye BS, and the one day Q called Mike out because Mike was talking about Carnell Tate and the things that he heard about him and what a hard worker he is. (laughs) First one in the facility, last one out. He's down in the lobby before tournaments, hours before they're ready to go, just you know what I mean? All his stuff. The coaches never have to worry about him. And Mike and Q goes, how do you know all of this? Yeah, from a Mike was pulling out information no one in their right mind should have. Mike came in here like, yeah, man, Carnell Tate eats Lucky Charms before every game. That's his good luck charm. He also <laughs> just bought two pairs of off-white laces to put on his cleats. No one's seen him yet, but I know he, put- he has them and he's lacing them up. Like, I'm like, Mike, how you know this, man? <laughs> He puts a rabbit's foot under his thigh pad for every game. He wears his middle school shorts under his game shorts like Michael Jordan used to. You can't see him, but I know he has them on under there. And it's just like, come on, man. But no, but shout out to Mike. Mike did talk to some of the guys from SFE and the things that we've heard about him in spaces about his work ethic. And it's clearly, you know what I mean, showing on the field now that he's such a young guy and he's still, you know what I mean, making that push. Yeah, man, crazy, crazy work at the him. Shout out to him, a wide receiver class. More power to him. So we got 62 people in here. Crazy number today. Like that video. Share the video. I see y'all going crazy in the chat, but I will call a timeout. There will be no Josh Proctor slander while I'm in here. When I was gone, y'all want to talk crazy, but I'm back now. Josh <laughs> Proctor Island is still here and in fold. I'm blaming him getting beat by K-Stover on Jim Knowles. That was a bad defensive call. And he's got to come up from the secondary and make up for somebody else's mistake. So there will be no smoke in here for Josh Proctor. But, yeah, so – Oh, excuse me. Still trying to over this cold. <laughs> Before but, um, we get into this next topic, though, make sure you smash that like button. And we're about to dive into the most heated topic around uh, – Buckeye media right now, and that's the quarterback battle. So I want to get the chat's predictions. After no announcement yesterday, let me know in the chat, who is your starting quarterback if you were to name a starting QB today? So I want to preview this conversation with the beat being split because I watch Snappy Jays with Berm and uh, Austin Ward yesterday, and they were all sticking to their guns with Kyle McCord. But we watch Chris Drew and our guy Zach on Menace, and they're saying Devin Brown. <laughs> Who's the quarterback, Q? Um, at this point, I'm really starting to rock with Devin Brown. Um, I, I think it's gone on this long. And obviously, I see y'all waiting in the chat. Um, it's gone on this long. Hearing great things about Devin Brown. Obviously, Zach talked about it yesterday on the show. And just kind of level like, I'm, I'm holding out hope Kyle McCord picks up his game and, and gets his shot. I've, I've been wanting it for all, all summer. But like I said, you got two guys this close, and this is no no shade at, at Kyle McCord. Both of these guys can clearly play. And, and Devin Brown is just a younger guy. He's the more athletic guy. Clearly, they haven't named Devin Brown yet, so it is a close quarterback competition. But going on this long, I would have to lean him. He's athletic. He's a little bit of he's a gamer, which I like. He's going to make plays. Um, he's going to get out. He's going to create stuff, which we haven't seen in a little while. So CJ finally doing it at the end of <laughs> at the end of his career against Georgia, making plays with his legs and then making him more dangerous as a passer because of that. So I would lean Devin Brown. I mean, I like the kid. I like his attitude. I like the presence he brings. He's 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 a little more of the you can see he's more. He wears it on his sleeve. You can see it. Kyle McCord's a little more laid back and chill. But I think this team. 
a lot of times needs a kick in the ass. I think this team took the personality that CJ had, who was a little more chill the last couple seasons, and we saw Cali it. swag. Yeah, and a lot of us didn't like it. We, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess a, a lot of us is either Midwesterners or, or more on the East Coast, and, and we don't like that quiet, you know, confidence. Like we like, yo, we we go we go tell you what it is, and then we go show you, we go tell tell you about it at the same time. So. A lot of us are a little more of a heated fan base, so Devin Brown would be the guy who we're more like, yeah, like that's my guy. I'm rocking with it. So that would be my guess right now is, I guess, a member of the beat. <laughs> you know, that's what that's what I would say. <laughs> we're not members of the beat. We're the new media. <laughs> we are the new media. We are not credentialed. We'll never get credentialed. We'll never get credentialed. <laughs> but I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I. I th- the more this goes on, it where it concerns me that uh, Kyle hasn't created this separation. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm normally play the best. There's just something about me that just like it's just going to be so uncomfortable with the fact that Kyle sat here for two years, came here with Marv. That's his best friend. We've been talking about this dynamic duo and this connection. Um it makes you feel a little bit bad for Kyle if he's not the guy. I mean, I obviously want the best guy to play, and I trust Ryan Day with this decision more than anyone. I When I say that I think Kyle's the guy is just because of what we've seen from him, the connection that he has with Marv, and the fact that he stayed after spring. You would think if he had an understanding that he wasn't going to be the quarterback, he would have left in, in the spring. So it's yeah. just as much as I want the best guy to play and I have more than enough confidence that Ryan's going to make that decision, but the softy in me, you know what I mean? He is a Buckeye. We do want to see all these guys do great. I love the storyline of Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, Kyle McCord breaking every record in Ohio or in Pennsylvania, passing history, uh, winning multiple state championships and then coming to Ohio State and dominating together again. So as much as I'd love to see that, if Ryan Day believes that uh, Devin is the best guy, that's which way we're rolling. And I'm full blown on the Devin train because you know I always talk about that smirk in interviews. Always looks like he knows something that we don't. Like he looks like he has that shit talker in him, and I think that energy will be huge for changing the mentality of this team. So either way. I'm good with it. I'm not panicked during this. I'm just frustrated the fact that I have to do a show every day and I don't know who the quarterback is. That makes my job harder. But other than that, I think we're in good hands with either choice. And I absolutely trust Ryan Day more than anyone to make this decision. And I feel like he'll get it right. Well, yeah. And also, he does know a lot more than you know because he's actually at practice and see it every day. He knows who's starting second. Just a little bit. You know what I mean? I think he gets paid a little bit more than me. I mean, we just hit monetization on this channel, but I still think Ryan Day, maybe for a week or two, makes more than us. I'll say Devin Brown knows a lot of information. That's why he's smiling. He's like, yeah, I know secondary. I know I know who the D line's going to be. Y'all, y'all just got to be up to mystery. But, um, yeah, man, I know that's hard for you too. Kyle McCord is a Pennsylvania guy. I know, I know you love your your pin guys out there, so that makes it a little bit tougher. But um, yeah, man, I, I still hold out hope for Kyle McCord. Hopefully, he'll get his shot. I mean, you never know. Devin can start the season. Kyle McCord can need to come in, whatever, and he gets his time in the sun, or maybe next season. So, um, still hoping for the best. But yeah, man, um, if if Devin Brown truly is the starter. I hope it's like that across the board of, hey, play the talented guy and let's roll. That gives me hope for the defense of like, ah, we got these freak shows sitting over here. Maybe we should throw them in the game and just see what happens. So that <laughs> will give me hope there. But um, like I said, we we know that starter. We'll come up here and we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, man, I, I see it, uh, I see some different ones in the chat. I see Dev. I see the core. I guess we will see. Uh, we'll, we'll pass it back to you. If Devin Brown is the starter i i will ask do you think this team will take a level up offensively from last season in times where we struggled a little bit do you think his dual dual threat presence and when cj would struggle sometimes and the office just wouldn't move do you think Devin just being more of a gamer the office will actually level up from last season i'm not sure because i feel like this offense is going to be different I don't think this is going to look like CJ's offense, regardless of who the starter is. Like, I don't think Ryan Day is going to ask Kyle to get out there and be CJ. And I feel like we've talked on this podcast about the quarterback battle 
endlessly for the past six months. But I feel like something that is going to play a major role in what this offense looks like is Travion Henderson. I think we're going to run the ball more than we did under CJ. I mean, CJ threw the ball more than any quarterback in Ryan Day's system. And the 2021 year was the only year that we passed more than we ran the ball. And it felt like Dwayne Haskins was throwing the ball every play. So (laughs) (laughs) I swear when you watch that 2018 team, it seems like we threw the ball on every play, but we actually still ran the ball more than we passed. So I think that Trey is going to have a huge role in this offense, and I feel like it's going to dictate the look of the offense. So it's kind of hard for me to predict what it's going to look like with either one. I think Devin's a gamer, so I feel like you'll see a little bit more of that backyard football than you've seen in years past other than when Justin was there and someone I can really extend the play with his feet. But at the same time, I think Kyle's a big guy that's willing to stand in the pocket, take a hit, and deliver a strike. So um, – I think both of them are going to have their own unique imprint on the offense, but I feel like a lot of that is going to be dictated by Travion Henderson and Justin Fry's design of the run game. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to have a great impact, especially early. I'm just thinking now with, with, with Devin, let's say if Devin's the starter, he just adds mobility in there. Now we actually can run a read option with some sort of threat that the quarterback is going to pull it throughout the season. Now we don't have to worry about, the defense just bracketing Marv, bracketing a, a Mecca because you can't do it. Devin will take off. He will go get some yards. And as we've seen, him or Kyle can really make throws in this offense. I believe that 100%. Ryan Day, views arm talent, he gets guys who can make throws that he needs to make in his offense. So I just think with those, he's not going to do it to the level of CJ. I mean, CJ had two years to get to where he was last year where he almost had a mastery of throws. And you're just like – the hell is he throwing that and then he completes it? So obviously <laughs> I don't expect that because there is some things CJ got away with that you see in the NFL, he's not gonna be able to do that. But in college, he was just that much a level ahead. So I don't expect anything like that. I don't expect the elite passer, CJ. I know they, somebody mentioned in the chat. Yeah, neither of them are gonna be, I think it was Sue. She said neither of them are gonna be able to pass like CJ, which is very much hundred percent true. That's a damn near generational arm talent from what we've seen, even though we keep seeing to find ways of getting them every every other year. So um so, yeah, I don't expect that, but I just think the gamesmanship, the level of now we got a guy who's going to play a little bit of backyard football, who's going to take off, who's going to create time for his receivers, who's going to, if they get bracketed, be like, nah, don't do that because you're giving up 10, 15 yards when you do. I think this offense with the level of weapons we have and the guys coming back, as long as the play calling is right, as long as the offense is is going good, as we've heard the offensive line, uh, we still have a couple question marks there, but was it J- J- is it Jimmy Simons? Jimmy Simmons? Jimmy Simmons. Get his Jimmy name right. Change his name every day. Good Lord. But Jimmy Simmons moving over to left tackle. That actually gives me hope now. I, I felt like he was going to be left tackle when he came here. We hear that right tackle uh, still is still a battle. But those guys can hold up, man. This The world is their oyster for this offense. There's so much talent, so much potential. I, I'm just ready to see them ball regardless of who the quarterback is. But Devin Brown is that guy. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think we're going to be in good hands regardless of who this play caller is. Um, I think we're in great shape going into this season. Uh, We're hearing all the things that we want to hear as far as the secondary getting better, um, young guys playing, um, talent at the quarterback position. I think we're primed for a big season. I would just love to know who the quarterback is so I can put a name on it when when I start lying about this team. (laughs) <laughs> yeah man now that De- hey the timeline never really announced the start the timeline's gonna be crazy <laughs> bro i might i might actually pop back up in spaces if once we know who the quarterback is so i feel comfortable lying everybody's like, tell me what the score of the michigan game's gonna be i'm like nigga i can't even tell you who my quarterback is how am i gonna predict the last game of the season yeah all, all i'll let you know is whoever the quarterback is he's pulling up in the big red boots to the mid, to Ann Arbor. Walking Should we have turnover boots? I mean, they match our uniform every time we get a pick. We put on the mischief boots, walk around on the sidelines, do the SpongeBob boots dance. If you could actually put those boots on, which obviously maybe spikes on, on, and they're damn near impossible to get on and off, that would be amazing. I'd be all for it. Fucking cartoon ass boots and just throw them on the Astro Boy boots. And this is exactly why we are not credentialed because you give me a credential and let me into Woody and Jim Knowles is up there for a press conference. I'm going to be like, 
have you considered turnover boots? Have you seen the mischief boots out there? And do you think that would really hype the defense up if you got to put on the big red boots every time we got an interception? Yeah, we would, you know, I would give Piker Ditchell the seed ball immediately and just get some <laughs> popcorn out and just watch what happens. <laughs> we never got credentials. We're going to lose them in two days, but I guarantee it's going to be the most lit press conference you'll see for four years because it, it'll be absolutely nuts. But, yeah, man. We're, Oh, go ahead, Ron. No, I was just going to say, it is 8.52, and as much as I love doing this every morning with you guys, there's someone that pays me significantly more money to do a different job that starts at 9 a.m., so we got to wrap this up. There are 74 people in here, so make sure you smash that like button. We appreciate you guys showing up every day. The show is growing and growing. We love doing this with you guys. Every morning, if you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We're here every morning at 8 a.m. for the Buckeye Roast, Monday through Friday. We're here on Sundays at 10 a.m. for Buckeye BS with our guys Mike and Cam. Q, tell the people where they can find you if they're not out in the streets every weekend to just bump <laughs> into you. Oh, man. Well, let me get my quick takes off so I can get Ron out of here. First of all, the underclassmen with the most impact this season will be Davis and Ipinosa. I don't know what they were smoking on on Sunday. And how he was not chosen as only a sophomore. Kimiata so. Jackson would like a he, word, but go ahead. He will have the biggest impact. Um, concern, still offensive line and lie. Josh Proctor will be back. It's, the battle is not over. He will start at free safety. We heard this Jihad Carter hype. I worry about none of that. Josh Proctor will be back and will hit the overall interceptions by himself. That is that is my lie. Um, yeah, man, but if you want to find me, see boy Quinn on Twitter. You know what it is. If you want Instagram, Flying at Johnson, I'll be over there. If you like movies, Modern League Films, here on YouTube, tap in with me over there. We're actually going to be doing some shows here coming up, but we'll preview that and we're ready to go. So I will let you know about that. But yeah, man, that's all I got, Ron. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's. Uh, Ron James on Twitter. On uh on Twitch, it's two T's. On TikTok, it's two shysty. We're here every morning at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday for the Buckeye Roast Sunday for Buckeye BS. And we have a special live stream for Edric Houston's commitment uh, this weekend, so make sure you tune into that. The easiest way to stay tuned in is make sure that you're subscribed. You hit that notification bell so you never miss a time when we are live. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow morning. Thank you for everyone pulling up for this episode of the Buckeye Roast. Have a good one. Yeah.